Hey, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Southside Trap Podcast, the podcast that helps you stay on side with the Chicago Red Stars. It's your girl, Sandra, here today to recap the Chicago Red Stars' loss to O.L. Reign and give a little bit of a preview against Orlando Pride, even though we technically already previewed that potential match. Got a different vibe around it this week, so we're going to get into that and what all of that means. There's a lot to get into here today. Not all of it, X's and O's on the pitch, but some other things that came out post game that we feel are more important and we're going to get through all of that so couldn't do it alone can't do anything alone ever so i'm here today with my friend homie and colleague claire Watkins, aka the scam originator claire how you doing today uh good today it's like i have good days and bad days it's like literally day by yeah day. <laughs> yesterday was a bad day i will yeah. say but today feels like a little bit of a better day so it's almost like sometimes you just need to let yourself cry sometimes and then, you know yeah. actually the funny thing though is that was what did like i was doing okay last week and then like i'm not afraid to say it i had a big cry on saturday night just about like everything yep. and that actually like wrecked me for a full 48 hours <laughs> like i just for the next 48 hours after that i was like oh my god i am i can't pull out of this right now and it was if you think honest- it's because i like had the full rush of emotion and then i was just like in it for a while like let's let's get into like maybe like before as we get into like the actual sort of semi recap of of this game um sunday was ridiculous yeah. for chicago we're talking like massive yeah right every yeah. day so like the the sheer just like for me ups and downs like statement like the, for me on sunday for like sure. the, they're like up and down of everything in terms of like sports emotions was like very, very high. And it sort of just sort of kind of capped off with this for me with this, with this game a little bit. And um, the sort of post game that, that you and I specifically had yeah. um, with, uh, with Terry Davidson, Khalil Watt and, and Rory Dames. Um, so it was a lot like the weekend was just sort of did feel like this was the weekend to sort of finally let it all hit you. And right. I, I, I think for, for both of us, it just sort of kind of echoed similarly. Um, but this let's, let's get into this game a little bit before we get into the, the nitty gritty of the stuff that we really want to get into, which is um, the player's perspective on everything going on um, and the post game for this actual game for Chicago on the road against OO ring. They were going up against, I think what many of us, in the media landscape of it, sort of consider the best team in in the league right now in all rain. Uh, if not the best, they they're the most in form, uh, for sure. Uh, they're hitting their stride at the exact correct time uh, in which they should a team should be hitting their playoff stride, and they are just racking up results. They're racking up wins. They're racking up goals, um, left and right, and that actually didn't change for them in this match. Uh, Cool things that happened in this match is Chicago found themselves up very early against a very good team. Took about 15 minutes or so. Kalia Watt and Mel Pugh continuing uh, their chemistry and their connection, linking up for this this opening goal. Um, Great, great shot from distance from Mel Pugh. It was good to see her uh, get the finishing um, and get one in in the back of the net. But (laughs) what Owl Rain tend to do, decided to do after this this opening goal and just watching somebody like a just fishlock for all range just sort of take over a game in the way that we know she has the ability to take over a game 
this is a Chicago Red Stars podcast, but there are many times in which I watch just Fishlock play soccer and I am left a little bit wordless. And for me, this was one of those performances. Well, yeah, I think also, I think the, yeah, so the game was definitely, I think, well, the funny thing though is that yes, Fishlock was influential in the goals that she scored, but in terms of actual play generation, like there were other other people on the rain who I think had better games, but, um, so that, that field, I mean, people have heard me talk about this before that feels really small, right? It's really yeah. narrow, yeah. really narrow and a piece of history that I'm not sure people are like fully comprehending is so when Laura Harvey was the coach of the Seattle rain and they played on Memorial field, that was another small field. And it had that turf, right? And it was just like a very particular home field. And Laura Harvey played to that uh, pitch's strengths uh, to the point where they ne- never lost at home. There was that one one season, right, where they had it; they were completely unbeaten at home. And um, I think that what we saw in 2019 with Vladko Andonovsky's reign is that they actually struggled with the Cheney field pitch a little bit. Um, Red Stars fans remember that beatdown that Chicago placed on them at home. And that a lot of that had to do with the dimensions of, of Chicago's game plan um, and that field. And so now we're back to Laura Harvey's reign. And I think that we're seeing a similar thing back to when they were in Memorial, which is that she didn't put this squad together, but it really plays to their strengths to have this field be this small because they have a lot of sort of one touch, very technical footballers who are really good at short passes around the midfield um, field plays to that. And then you have Jessica Fixlock, you know, scoring a goal from just across the halfway line. And it didn't even feel like she had to kick it that far. And so I think that, yeah, OL rain played amazingly. And we'll, we'll talk about this in the context of Chicago in that, like, I don't think Chicago played that poorly at all, but um I think that also part of it is just like that team. I would not want to play them at home, which is funny to say, considering they are like the baseball field team, but they're figuring out exactly how to play to those dimensions. And it was really hard, hard to stop. I will say that it's really hard to take Chicago's midfield out of a game and the rain mostly succeeded at that. And I was like, damn, that is a new kind of, there was a a, kind of difficult. Yeah. There was a struggle there. Uh, They took, they absolutely took like, Chicago's strongest aspect and just and just isolated it uh completely just just passed around him yeah just it was tough to see just we just never saw uh Di Bernardo Catra Waldmo really super get involved in the game and and really be able to take a hold of things um but it's it's the toes that they have Claire that's what you said they got the toes that they have well right uh, i mean i think you can look at this game and say if jessica fishlock doesn't score that equalizer this doesn't go this way and i think that's true actually i think that that game got broken open by such a spectacular goal that they quickly got the second within yep. the 5 minutes after yep. um not all, i think that and actually i was talking to jason anderson about this for the equalizer podcast and sort of what he said is he's like that kind of a goal gets everybody kind of amped like even oh, the yeah. other team just because it was like so crazy and yep. i think that that is what we saw too where we talk about you know tatum malaz's goal or whatever like if you're a soccer player and someone scores a cracker like that you're like okay let's let's all let's do it we're yeah. all gonna do this kind of stuff today um yeah. but chicago is not set up to win those kinds of games 
So yeah, I don't it, think it's, yeah. we were talking a little bit off mic about it. And I, and I know that this was sort of the vibe that we were feeling, but I don't think it's unfair to just sort of say that Chicago went on the road to play this team in the league and they just lost to a very, very good team. In a very particular game, I think as well. Yeah. 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 I think that's I, fine. No, I like, I, I mean, when I say like, I don't think, I think that I don't even think the defense played a kind of way that made me be like, yeah, it makes sense that they got three scored on them. Again, yeah. they got two decent goals scored, decent team goals scored on them, and then just one insane goal scored on them. Yeah. Um, but the energy was just like you look at that that goal, that goal that the second goal that the rain scored. Casey Kruger like had fish lock. There was nothing yeah. she could do. She either was going to, and she said no. She said, I'm not own goaling it. She said, I'm not doing it. Yeah. Um, she said, if it's going in, it's going to be from the other team. Um, yep. It's either, what do you do? Own goal or foul? Like it was just so well done yeah. that there's nothing Chicago's defense could have done there. Yeah. I don't think it's, it's just, they didn't, the game plan just didn't seem like it was, was poor. The performances didn't, the individual performance didn't necessarily seem like they were exactly poor, like luster Chicago had, kind of the similar energy that we've been seeing them bring to these games right. in terms of like looking for that playoff perspective, looking for that type of high intense kind of refuse to lose mentality because of this final stretch of games where they sort of are kind of in, in control of their playoff fate. Um, so to sort of see this go from, from one and then one to two and then three to one, and then, watching the adjustments that were made in game. I mean, we saw a ton of substitutions coming. That's how we saw this goal. The second goal for Chicago come to light where Tatum Malazzo comes on and just kind of, like you said, try some stuff and gets a, gets a goal of her own. And it's, it's, it's three, two, you know? So there's, it didn't feel like there was uh like they were ever going to try to stop chasing a result. I think in this game is sort of what it felt like to me. Yeah. Like you know, I think sort of felt like it wasn't going to kind of come out that way. Right. Like, I think that that's a good point. The idea that this was not like they went on the road and they didn't show up like that was not what happened at all. Yeah. Um, obviously, they had a very energetic first 15 minutes. They got a goal out of it. They could have had a couple more actually before the equalizer. They could have maybe gotten two or three. As we know, Chicago likes to leave a couple on the table. Um, and and then, yeah, with the subs that came in, you know, I thought I actually thought that Danny Colaprico was a good energizing presence when she came in, in in the defensive midfield. I thought that was actually really positive. And I thought to myself, oh, maybe maybe she should have started this game. I don't know. It, it's hard to tell. But she, I think, brought a different energy. She does bring a different energy than Sarah Woldmo. Um, and I thought that Katie Johnson, she had a couple moments where it looked like she might get a breakaway on Sarah Buadi. It just didn't quite happen. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I'm not trying to be like a homer or whatever, but within the construct of accepting this Chicago team, because it seems really silly at this point to want them to be something that they're not, I thought this performance was fine. Yeah, I think just the fact, um, I think maybe if there isn't, if the schedule doesn't play out the way that's going to now, this loss maybe feels uh a little bit less pressing because what, hap sure. what happens now is they they've got this loss and then it's a quick turnaround against uh, Orlando. And it's, it's the rescheduling of an Orlando game that should have already happened. And that maybe depending on a, a result that could have happened two weeks ago, 
maybe this feels different because you're sitting in a, you know, a different perspective in, uh, in terms of your playoff push. Um, and we'll get into to, to more on that and how, how that feels, but something that came, came out of this game, I think for you and I, that sort of felt more important than a result, whether it was a win loss or draw, uh, was quite frankly, the opportunity to, uh, engage uh, with some of the players in a, uh, post, match uh, scenario. Uh, There hasn't been the opportunity to do that uh, since a lot of the current news has been circulating around uh, the league in regards to everything, quite frankly, whether it's things coming out of the DC area for Washington spirit um, or everything uh, in light of uh, Paul Riley and uh, the the league's handling of those things. so it was a real opportunity for us to maybe try to continue to follow the players lead uh, because the players association has continued to try to be in the front of all of this stuff and, and release, you know, demands and put deadlines on those things. And also sort of uh, that also included fielding questions from the media and how they want that to look and feel like as well. So uh, this was our first real opportunity to do that because uh, Chicago has not had any uh, pre-match availability in some time. Um, And that didn't change with the recent events. And this finally, a game came and there was the opportunity to be able to have some some type of, not necessarily dialogue, but at least uh, an area and platform for whomever was made available to sort of uh, answer some questions. and leading into this, I know, Claire, you and I had a, a, a sort of patrons only for now podcast where we were talking a little bit about the current state of the league and everything happening there. And we did speak a little bit to how we sort of felt Chicago's uh, perspective or at least their perception with all of it kind of looks and, and, and feels. And we did take note that uh, there weren't maybe um, certain people who were uh putting their own perspectives uh, out on record or anything like that. So uh, getting able to get into this, into this mix zone with you and a few others, uh, it ended up just kind of being me and you really um, kind of talking to Kalia Watt and Turner Davidson. And I don't know if that has to do with, um, it has to do with a number of things. Um, Obviously, not every not, these these post game media calls don't always have a ton of people on them. Let's just be real. That's number one, and then number two is just um, the heaviness. I think of what happens uh, when you finally get into a virtual space like this, um, and then it's sort of like, well, who's going to say what and who's going to do first? So I think I know for you and I, we were just trying to do our best to uh, try to respect the players and give them opportunities to, to, to speak on, on what they've been feeling. Yeah. I mean, right. I, you know, we don't have to get into this too much, but, um, yeah, I mean, it is just true. And, and yeah, if I feel pretty comfortable saying this, that the bottom line, like the last line of defense, when it comes to media engaging with the team frequently calls falls to Sandra and I, um, we are the ones who are on as many calls as we possibly can be. Um, I have done multiple post games this season where it's just me and I am, like we said, very busy weekend in Chicago sports. We know that, but 
it, I don't know if disappointed is the right word, but the, I was kind of sad. It made me kind of sad that we're having this moment in the league. Um, and yet sort of, again, that post game, it was me and Sandra and, um, you know, I, we're here to do that, but I know, you know, like for me, sometimes I'm like, dang, I'm not a full-time sports writer. And, and I am the person here trying to just like be here to participate in these things. But, um, so that made me, that made me kind of sad. Um, I think also we wanted to first and foremost, respect the fact that just because Chicago didn't play on Wednesday, doesn't mean that, um, either players did not want to participate in that messaging or that they weren't still feeling it very acutely. And I think some teams that have played two games this week in their second press conferences, they were able to get a little bit more soccer focused, but Chicago didn't really get that opportunity. Um, and it was hard. It was really hard. And I just want to say like, thank you to Kelia Watt and Tierna Davidson for being willing to do it. I requested them because I thought, you know, what is Chicago's PA rep? So I thought that she would be a good person to speak to. And I just think that Turner Davidson is a really thoughtful person, wanted to have those two on. Um, and yeah, we didn't really ask about the game. It was more just sort of, what would you like to say? How are you? Um, you know, I know Sandra had a really good question specifically about centering black players during this time, which is really important to keep at the far forefront of this stuff. Um, and then, yeah, in a similar way, it was on Sandra and I to ask Rory some questions as a powerful person in this space. And that was also hard. It's just hard to do, I think. I don't know. Yeah, no, it was hard to do. I mean, in terms of the the questioning, it, it just, I don't think it was unfair in which, you know, I just sort of brought up the fact that there were a ton of other coaches that were speaking out about things in the league. And quite frankly, we had yet to sort of hear or see something uh, from Rory Dames and I understand that everybody processes things a, a bit differently, right. you know, and uh, I, I respect that a hundred percent. But now this is, this is you're at the day during your part of the job where it's uh it's a, a bit of the the requirement of a job, right? Job requirements uh, when it comes to pro athletics includes this and includes media engagement. Um, so it's sort of one of those uh, now or never <laughs> kind of things, right? And I think um, it was just an opportunity to be able to, uh, you know, at least present something uh, from the longest tenured head coach uh, in the league. And I really appreciated um you know, your, your framing of your questions is, is well, Claire, because that's, that's essentially what it came down to. I mean, this is somebody who is, you know, Rory Davis is, it's, it's out there all the time. I mean, there are, there are long form pieces that have been done on this coach because uh, literally just because he is the longest standing head coach in the league. Yeah. Um, and I think that that uh, was an important way to try to, to frame those questions uh, that you have for them. Uh, so uh, like things that come out of uh, the post game, I know that we didn't want to do any paraphrasing or anything like that. Um, so Clara has uh, come in clutch as she always does. And there's some stuff there for the patrons. So if you have, uh, are you, if you have subscribed uh, to Southside Trap patron, you can get access to, to full quotes uh, from, from the media availability that uh, Claire and I were on post uh, all rain. And it was, and it was uh, heavy. Uh, it was yeah, not easy no. for anybody involved. And um, 
we've been covering this team for a long time, guys. And uh, I think that was mutual in that moment as well. I think there was a mutual understanding that they knew it was not easy for everybody uh, for on the call. So uh, it was it was a tough one. And hopefully it will be one of those tough ones that just needed to, to happen and sort of get out of the way so that we can continue to to move forward. And I don't mean that in the let's get back to soccer sense. I mean that in the the hardest part was done and maybe we can continue to have uh, more engaging and more meaningful um, pre and post games uh, in regards to everything happening. So um, yeah, t- a tough moment and it, and it did come off of a, an emotional night, even though there was, you know, people were referring to it as like, Oh, like a bangers only kind of game because right. of all the goals that were coming out of it. But it was tough. I mean, these were two teams that didn't participate in those midweek matches and this was their first game in this first opportunity for these players to participate in these player demonstrations that have been ongoing in the league with the, with the six minute pause of the game. So um, those types of games are always very, very tough to get through. And um, we have seen in sort of a a more recent history that for Chicago, uh, they tend to maybe come out on the losing side of an end of a, of a heavy, heavily emotional game. That is true. Um, yeah. That so I, I, I will just, again, knowing that and having that knowledge as, as two people who, who cover this team <laughs> and know that that is sometimes something that is recently true about them. Um, it, it speaks more volumes to me as someone who covers the team that they had, they still went out and had the performance that they did against that team. They all were also, teams. they were also all wearing, I don't know if people saw, they were wearing, um, a message on their wrists, which I think was um, to Alyssa Motts, whose mom yeah. passed away this week. So, um, yeah. And again, that comes out in the, in the uh, media availability. Yeah. That was something that Rory Dames was able to shed light on us for us. So not, not an easy time, um, you know, off the pitch in a multitude of ways for this rest of our scenes, but they, they still went out and they um, almost got themselves a result. So, so kudos to them. Um, Claire, it feels different. It weighs different. We did preview this Orlando pride team already once before, but we previewed it in a way where uh, two weeks ago feels so much different than two weeks later. Honestly, Um, this was the game that Chicago was slated to have uh, during the time of the postponement that was issued. Um, It was put on the back burner in light of all of the reporting going on to allow players to be given space to process and take care of themselves. Um, But now those games got rescheduled. A ton of them are taking place on Wednesday, October 13th. And Chicago is one of them. It's going to be a four match day midweek affair. And uh, Chicago and Orlando are probably if not the biggest one of the bigger uh, fixtures that's going to be on that day, I'd say there's probably, if you're going to be keeping an eye, if you're someone who likes to watch all the soccer and you're trying to keep an eye on just a couple games, you're probably going to watch, want to watch Chicago and Orlando, then you're probably going to watch Portland and the OL rain. Yeah. Um, I mean, those two teams find themselves in a difficult position right now in that they are playing each other twice in their last three games and they both are outside of playoff position right now. So these are not going to be six point swings. These are just going to be three points picked up and you knowing that other teams are playing each other, knowing that not everybody above you can also get three points. So um, it's all, I would say that's like my whole thing is like, this isn't about like a big matchup with Orlando. This is about like, you have to win this game because you need three points. Um, And you like, I, I think I said this in my recap. I think that that loss in Tacoma was the last one Chicago's got. Yeah. And, 
we also did see them lose to Orlando earlier this season in a game that, again, I don't think it was that bad, but they just got beat. Um, and, and so, yeah, I don't know. Like Chicago before this Tacoma game had done a great job of grinding results out, right? Some, some good wins, but also just some good draws too. Um, and if they had gotten whatever result against Orlando at, as was previously scheduled, even when I was looking at the last four games, I saw that OL rain game and I was like, eh, probably not, you know, but, um, also, and this is like, I want to be very clear that I'm talking about this in the context of the players didn't do this. Like I'm not the, the time off and the rescheduling was not done because of the players. It was done because of the traumatic things that the league allowed to occur. However, this is harder. Chicago was supposed to play Orlando on a homestand. They had just played that Portland game at home. They were going to have a full week at home. Orlando was going to be having their second game on the road. Now Orlando is coming from home on short rest, but Chicago is coming back from Tacoma on short rest. They also both have games the following weekend. Chicago was supposed to be done with midweeks. They did their time. And now they have another series of games all next to each other that are completely essential to the result of the season. And that I'm not going to be able to go. I have to work on Wednesday night. I am frustrated by this because I feel like it doesn't put the team in a great position. It doesn't put coverage of the team in a great position. And again, it's like the last thing anybody cares about is making sure these players feel supported enough to like play good soccer games. And so that is just, I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm going no, it's so true. It right now in a number of ways, but that is what it's so true. Yeah. And even like a different angle of support is like, it's a Wednesday night game. Right. And we're talking about a team that is trying, not trying. They are in, they have been in their playoff push for right, effectively right. longer than most teams. Uh, right. We've seen Chicago sort of play with a different fev- like fever pitch than most other teams have in quite some time. There's a right, lot of teams right. that are kind of turning it on now. We sort of feel like we're in the camp of the of people who have followed the team for some time that feel that Chicago have been in their playoff push for the last six or seven weeks games. Yeah. Right. Uh, right. You know, so it, it's, uh, it's, it's been a long, long stretch and it's still not over uh, for them. And when we're talking about things that matter during uh, this stretch of games, those things matter. Those perspectives matter. You know, the way the scheduling worked out for them to try to have this latter end of the schedule was yes. sort of kind of maybe possibly, probably on purpose, right. Uh, to try to give themselves uh, that extra sort of boost into that. And that also includes the different angles of support, whether it's like having that extra day at rest at home, mm-hmm. the less travel on your, on your body. Um, and quite frankly, uh, your, your fan support. I mean, it's going to be much harder for people to probably make it out to a midweek Wednesday night game. And we and right, know of, and have seen yeah. how Chicago plays when they sort of have that extra support if they need it in those kind of late game right. dramatic scenarios. So, right. And I mean, I think we are not at the point of doing this yet, but when we do sort of the full, uh, autopsy on the season, um, obviously when you talk about managerial styles, if you, you know, play your season so cynical in terms of picking up points that you need these sorts of things to be perfect at the end, I don't, I don't know if that's great. Right. But also, like I said, when you talk about just the players and how, again, they did not do this, um, they are, they are going to suffer for it. They're suffering for it because of the, um, the busier schedule. And like you said, a game that was supposed to be played with a lot of fans 
on a Saturday night after a week at home. And they were probably like, yeah, we're going to go get this one. Yep. It's not going to be the same. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it just feels different. So, uh, you know, we, we just couldn't in like in our due diligence of doing the job, right. We just sort of felt like, even though we had previewed this potential match before the scenarios in which it's taking place are just a little bit uh, different now. Yeah. And uh, we had to sort of talk about those and lay them out um, on the line for all of you, our, our great listeners. Um, and, and it just is, I don't, I don't know, knowing that there's another game against Orlando in this very short time, I don't know how much I feel about sitting here and saying, looking at it and going, this is a must win for Chicago, but I don't know at this point with three games remaining, how you don't look at it as that. They need to get at least seven out of the next nine points. Um, They have Kansas city. They fortunately are playing Kansas city at home. Um, Kansas city at their home has been actually pretty good recently. Um, Tough points to pick up Uh, again. They have their own, they're playing to their own weird little field. Um, But uh, yeah, they can't, not only can they not lose, they need to get at least six. Um, And then if they have any sort of freebie, it has to be a draw. It cannot be a loss. Yeah, for sure. So different, different, uh, different vibes in this one. Absolutely. Um, I, I do recall when we um, were initially previewing this game, we talked a little bit about how uh, it'll probably be a good idea to sort of lean in on, on Orlando's center backs. I don't feel that much differently about that game plan uh, moving forward. Uh, Orlando's coming off of some tough stretches of games themselves. Uh, I think there's a perspective there that there's a perspective perhaps around the Orlando team right now that maybe they're due for one. And that's always dangerous. That's always a dangerous team uh, to go up against uh, when that's sort of the mentality that they can, can be having. So uh, here is to short memories and here is to goals and here is to uh, continuing the special relationship that we're witnessing with Kalia Watt and Mallory Pugh linking up uh, in these final weeks. And here's the Tatum Malazzo bangers too. Like if honestly, you, you need a little bit of something to sort of get you going, knowing that you can, you know, bring the, bring yep. the rookie on and have her, you know, like crack one in the back of the net. That's uh that's a good thing to have too. I think. X-Factor. Yeah, exactly. Let's get it. Uh, folks. I want to thank you all for joining us. As always, if you uh, have enjoyed our takes and uh, our coverage here of the Chicago Red Stars, I want to let you know there's a number of ways to support us and our work. The best, most direct way is to do that via our Patreon, where you get access to podcasts early, where you get access to our written work, where you get access to our secret, (laughs) deepest, darkest, private episode podcast as well on our Patreon. So go ahead and find a, a subscription and tier that works for you. We have some that start at $2 all the way to $25. We understand that supporting financially is difficult for some people right now. Things are hard all over, but there are a ton of other ways to continue your support. And you can do that by following us on all social media channels like Twitter, uh, Instagram, uh, at Southside Trap Pod with one letter P. And you can also find us on all streaming services, Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whichever you use to listen. Go on over there and leave us a five-star review. That stuff helps us out so, so much whenever we're continuing our uh, content here for you all. I want to thank you all once again. Continue to wear your mask, wash your hands, get vaccinated if asked, and uh, continue your support of Black players and Black life. And go Sky and go Sox. Sky in three. Let's do it. <laughs>